my audiobook listening friends. Several of you have asked me whether I'd consider reviewing fiction, and so today I'm trying something new, and I hope you like it. Welcome to Audiobook Reviews in 5. This is Jana, also known as Yana, and today I'm highlighting three audiobooks by one of my absolute favorite fiction writers, Tana French. There aren't many fiction writers with titles on my pre-order list, but Tana French is one that stands out for me. She's frequently described as a crime or a mystery writer, but I actually find her storytelling goes beyond the conventions of those genres, and I'd rank her among the best in modern literary fiction. What I find most fascinating about her storytelling is her knack for writing characters that I don't really like, and I'd probably hesitate to meet them if they were actual people, and yet they're interesting and complex enough to draw me into the storyline. French is most famous for her Dublin Murder Squad detective series, but these are not predictable police procedurals. First of all, each Murder Squad title is told from the perspective of a different detective, including both men and women characters, and each novel is narrated by a different voice actor. Now, according to her Goodreads bio, Tana French was born in the United States, but she lives in Dublin, and she's a New York Times bestselling author of Into the Woods, The Likeness, Faithful Place, Broken Harbor, The Secret Place, The Trespasser, and the latest title, The Witch Elm. Her books have won awards including the Edgar, Anthony, McCavity, and Barry Awards, as well as the Los Angeles Times Award for Best Mystery or Thriller and the Irish Book Award for Crime Fiction. French is a master of subverting and reinventing the elements of psychological thrillers. The danger never lies in the obvious suspects, so both literal and symbolic here, but instead, French's storytelling illuminates how the danger that we face always comes down to human frailty and our blind spots. In French's world, we are never quite as self-determined as we'd like to believe we are. In other words, if you're an unquestioning believer in free will, you might get frustrated by these characters, but that's exactly why I love her writing. Some Goodreads reviewers find this quality maddening. I see long threads of argument over whether a detail is confirmed or not, and there's definitely some frustration with the ambiguity and desire for black and white answers. However, there are plenty of readers and reviewers, like me, who appreciate French's subtle twists and turns. Here's a sample from one of the top-rated Dublin Murder Squad titles on Goodreads called The Likeness, read by Grania Gillis. Frank, sorrows for desk jockeys. His accent was old inner city Dublin, subtle but deliberate, like a challenge. He slid off the desk and held out his hand. Cassie, I said, shaking it. He pointed at a chair and went back to his perch on the desk. Says here, he said, tapping my file. You're good under pressure. It took me a second to figure out what he was talking about. 
Back when I was a trainee posted to a scuzzy part of Cork City, I had talked down a panicked teenage schizophrenic who was threatening to cut his own throat with his grandfather's straight razor. I had almost forgotten about that. It hadn't occurred to me, till then, that this was probably why I was up for this job. I hope so, I said. You're what? Twenty-seven. Twenty-six. The light through the window was on my face and he gave me a long, considering look. You can do twenty-one, no problem. Says here you've three years of college. Where? Trinity. Psychology. His eyebrows shot up, mock impressed. Ah, a professional. Why didn't you finish? So, what do you think? I enjoy how Gillis's narrative performance makes this character come to life for me as a listener. This title was published in 2008, so there are more introductory elements to the series here that help situate the detective squad and the individual characters. On another note, French's latest novel, The Witch Elm, was published in 2018. It's not part of the Dublin Murder Squad series. It's a slower-paced, suspenseful thriller, but I enjoyed it all the same. The main character, Toby, reminds me a little bit of a Gillian Flynn character. Think Gone Girl, but not quite as psychotic. And, you know, he's a notoriously unreliable narrator by the time you get to the end of this. And you realize what he tells you isn't quite on board with what you think at the beginning about this guy. He's not even particularly smart compared to some of the detective characters. And yet, there's something about this character that made me want to keep listening. Maybe it's his belief that he's just so lucky in life, or that he's more than average. But overall, it's a distinct story, and I think you'll enjoy it. Here's a sample from The Witch Elm, read by Paul Nugent. That night. I know there are an infinite number of places to begin any story, and I'm well aware that everyone else involved in this one would take issue with my choice. I can just see the wry lift at the corner of Susanna's mouth, hear Leon's snort of pure derision. But I can't help it. For me, it all goes back to that night. The dark, corroded hinge between before and after. The slipped-in sheet of trick glass that tints everything on one side in its own murky colours and leaves everything on the other luminous, achingly close, untouched and untouchable. Even though it's demonstrably nonsense. The skull had already been tucked away in its cranny for years by that point after all. And I think it's pretty clear that it would have resurfaced that summer regardless. I can't help believing, at some level deeper than logic, that none of this would ever have happened without that night. So what do you think of that one? I immediately picked up on the characterization differences between the first and second sample when I went back and re-listened. You definitely hear Toby's voice as a more hesitant one. He doesn't come across as particularly assertive or even believable to some people. And that's what makes him almost two-dimensional at first. But it definitely gets more interesting along the way. My absolute favorite 
Tana French novel is Broken Harbor, which is number four in the Dublin Murder Squad series. I've actually listened to this one three times, and I've never done that with another audiobook in my life. Well, as an adult anyways. So just to give you a sense of how much I love this one, consider it addictive. To my mind, this is one of the most poignant and compelling indictments of the economic fallout and financial crisis in Ireland in the early 2000s. Each of the characters is dealing with their aspirations, as well as their identities, as they change. And in a distinctly Tana French style of storytelling, the entire novel is told from Detective Mick, nickname Scorcher, Kennedy's point of view. Much of the novel is set in a mostly abandoned housing estate built during the boom years before the financial crisis, and French tackles the psychological repercussions of failed middle-class aspirations after the rise and fall of the so-called Celtic Tiger, a term referring to the economy of Ireland from the mid-90s to the late 2000s. Now, friendly warning, there's some colorful language here, so consider yourself warned. Here's a sample from Broken Harbor, read by Hugh Lee. I flipped my jacket off the back of my chair and pulled it on. My heartbeat had picked up. It had been a long time, too long, since one of these had come my way. Don't go anywhere, I said to Richie, my partner. Ooh, Quigley called from his desk, mock horrified, shaking a pudgy hand. Is Scorcher in this shit again? <laughs> I never thought we'd see the day. Feast your eyes, old son. I made sure my tie was straight. Quigley was being a little bitch because he was next up in the rota. If he hadn't been a waste of space, O'Kelly might have let the case go to him. What have you done? Shagged your sister. I brought my own paper bags. The lad sniggered, which made Quigley purse up his lips like an old woman. That's not funny. Too close to the bone. Richie was open-mouthed and practically hopping off his chair with curiosity. I flipped my comb out of my pocket and gave it a quick run through my hair. Am I good? Lick arse, Quigley said through his sulk. I ignored him. Yeah, Richie said. You're grand. What? Don't go anywhere, I repeated and went after O'Kelly. Okay, so that one probably isn't ideal if there's children listening, but it introduces the character and storyline fairly memorably, right? In Broken Harbor especially, I start out somewhat disliking that main character, Scorcher Kennedy, He seems a bit predictable and cocky and kind of mean, but he's also intriguing. And as the storyline goes on, I'm struck by just how vulnerable he is and how this situation reveals his vulnerabilities and his deep sense of care for his sister. When I look back and I consider all the different Tana French books I've read, this is definitely a common thread. Everybody in her books, they're broken in their own way. Throughout the storytelling, we get to learn about them and identify with them. And by the end, we're cheering for them, despite their flaws, despite their drawbacks. And that's what I think makes her writing so relatable.
That's all for this special fiction episode of Audiobook Reviews in 5. Thanks for listening. If you've not yet done so, remember to subscribe to Audiobook Reviews in 5 on your favorite platform. Remember, by subscribing, you help increase the profile of this podcast and the chances of other listeners like you finding it. I look forward to checking in with you all again soon. Please stay safe and be well.